0: Welcome to Whippets and caps a sideways look at all things Rugby League. Sorry we're a bit late this week, but I suppose you, you're just going to have to deal with that. Uh, Mark Flanagan's here, unfortunately, balding crown and all, uh, but good news Mark, there's not been a voice heard so
1: far. And that's Will Perry. There's been no middle-class dulcet tones from um, the streets of Haro, which is good. Will's actually in South Korea um, covering the Winter Olympics. There's actually been uh, a norovirus outbreak and 86 members of security and media teams over there have been affected, so uh, hopefully... He's one of those 86. Well, to be fair, actually, it's one of the only things that I didn't think Will Wood catch
0: whilst out there. I yep. think there's a lot of potential for him to catch other things. Yeah, We'll be happy with him catching a serious, yeah, treatable just a little, virus. Just a little bug would be good. Yeah, no, but we are missing him. Uh, but I'll be taking over and steering this ship tonight. We're going to have a run through the opening
1: weekend of Super League matches. A big win for us. Yep. Top of the league. A tough defeat for you, Mark. Yes indeed, we, uh, we we went down to Wigan, um, unfortunately I missed the game, I had a, I had a little um, upset tummy over the weekend, so I, I missed the match, which is kind of why we lost I think, nothing to do with Wigan playing great rugby, but um, on reflect, I think we had a really good first half, I think we it was only 10-6 at half time, we were still in the game, but then um, a lot of drop ball from ourselves, um, Wigan found a lot of joy going down our right edge defence and you know you know yourself they're a quality team they've got a lot of strike players with George Williams Sam Tompkins and and all those guys running the show and yeah they just they were too good for us in the end
0: Flash a big week for you and the Flanagan family like what a week Uh, talk to me about Buckingham Palace
1: yeah I um I was lucky enough to go down to Buckingham Palace last Thursday um My dad, Terry, who's... uh, Who's Who's also bald. Who's also bald. He went a bit younger than me, though. He went early 20s, so I've done quite well. the signs were there. The signs were already there. I've been hanging on for a few years. Um, But yeah, as you know, my dad's uh, very involved with the game. Uh, Played for Oldham in the 80s. um, uh, And since has has been heavily involved with, uh, with my local amateur club, Saddleworth Rangers... Uh, he's done various initiatives with, with Rugby League Cares and, and setting that up and, and all the good stuff it does with the Benevolent Fund and, and funding for players uh, during the careers um, and uh, other, other charity work. He's, he's heavily involved with with various youth zones and uh, and the young people they, of Oldham. They've,
0: they've been amazing, haven't they, the, the youth zones? I've been up to Madlow, uh, which is Oldham in reverse, yep. youth zone for kids up there, it, your, your old man's done some incredible stuff up there, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, it's, it's part of. Uh, it's called the Onside Charity. So th- their their vision is to have um, a super uh, youth club in each each town of the country. And, and when I want to say youth club that people think of old rickety you know sheds with you know a couple of footballs and and all and, and all the things that go with that. But these are multi million pound youth centres that have rugby, football, boxing, um, dance studios, acting classes the full works and and, and and they're approachable for kids as young as five or six they have to pay 50p a time and it's great for the young kids of, of the UK to, to get off the streets and do something productive so he's been heavily involved with that as as have um, a few other people in Oldham and, um, so yeah he, he was awarded an MBE and uh, we went down to Buckingham Palace last week um, it was a proud moment for the family um, he was quite nonchalant with it. Actually, he was—he he was nice, nice for him. But my mum and, and other family members were really proud of him, as as, as I was. And uh, he managed to meet uh, Prince Charles. He had a good chat. They had, he had, his, my dad had as big ears as Prince Charles did, which is saying something. You well, measured off. I was, I was watching. Measured off his ears. I was watching. Him, I dad. thought there were two dumbos over there.
0: <laughs> well, you told me a story actually about your dad in the toilet, which I hope's not not too
1: risky to mention. Uh, in fact, we're going to mention it anyway. If you mention, if you don't mention it, I'll mention it. Yeah, uh, we were after the ceremony. We both went to the toilet and had a quick wee. And whilst in the toilets of Buckingham Palace, my dad let out the biggest fart you've ever heard. And I think he was very proud of himself. He said that it's probably the, the loudest fart there's, there's been in Buckingham Palace for a few years. I'm like, you can't be certain of that. That's not a guaranteed, is it? It, it was a ripper.
0: It was <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe so. Big olden fart in Buckingham Palace for the Flanagan's. Well Correct. done. Your dad's obviously uh, like an amazing player. How was that for you, having a father who's been involved in the game? Look, my dad was a, a passive-aggressive pig farmer who you know mild alcoholism and whatnot your but, mum was a good player though carol <laughs> my mum was a hockey player she had speed actually which is ironic because i think i'm currently the slowest back row in super league but what about your um your, your old man how, how did you find that as a, as a young player making your way in again
1: um well obviously there was always a ball around the around the house and cousins and uncles played as well so i was, was brought up with rugby league and i was always known as terry's son i still am to a few people in Oldham and a lot of people probably in the same situation might, might, might have felt quite a bit of pressure but you know he was always very supportive um, he he was a bit of a star in Oldham he was a hometown boy captain at 19 played for Great Britain And um, but no he was there was no pressure from him he was always very supportive and I think being able to talk to someone um, as a father to about the game and, and, and in a really like I say supportive manner and we could talk about the game and and what how I could improve and, and what I need to work on. But um it was always me that wanted to play. He suggested I play football for a few years, which I did. He was there was never there was never any pushiness for from him and my mum and I think yeah, they they enjoy coming to to watch Salford every week and 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 they're they're, they're always there for me, which is great. I think we should pause now Just to
0: take time To think about Will Perry So he's in South Korea He's yes. at the Winter Olympics He took paid employment Rather than Continuing the podcast Which he committed to do yeah. Which is a worrying sign Immediately worrying me That Will's you, going to bail on Do you on think
1: us. anyone listening might want to Take his place?
0: We could, I think we'd get volunteers in yeah. Without doubt But it's minus 19 In South Korea at the moment Now I wonder what Will, what do you think Will would be up to tonight?
1: He'd probably be creating a reputation for himself over there, which, um, yeah, which won't be a great reputation, I think he'll be hanging around the Athletes visit Village, mm. I think he'll be, I think perhaps the ice hockey girls will be his kind of cup of tea. Well,
0: I think actually Big the, the, butch, the, the only bodily fluids passed would be in Will's hotel room and he will most definitely be on his own. Um, that's why he's single, Mark. Um, unfortunately, as we both know, he's, he's uh, not talented with the females.
1: No, he's not very good at talking to women. He's, he's quite nervous, isn't he? He is. He's, yeah. he's
0: like. Well, he's got the pinky ring, the non regional accent, mentions Harrow. Or he mentions, stutters quite a lot when yeah, he's talking and to women Yeah, mentions Boris Johnson. So he alienates people in the north quite quite easily. And uh, I can't imagine in South Korea that's much better. No. So, anyway, Whippets and Flatcaps is the podcast. Please download and subscribe We're on iTunes now, which is very exciting, Mark, isn't it? It is, yes. Uh, we'll go on to talk about these the first fixtures, the the opening round of Super League 2018. Some great games. I thought uh, Leeds had a huge win uh, against Warrington, uh, an exceptional defensive performance from them. How do, how do they do it? Like year on year? Always there or thereabouts?
1: Yeah, they're just a r- very resilient team. I, I, I think. Uh, Warrington of, of the past play very similar to Leeds they play they play hot they play with a lot of offloads they play off the cuff but I think it'll be a bit of a, a transition period for Warrington they brought in some um, new personnel in key positions with Tyrone Roberts at halfback Murdoch um, masilla and I think it'll be a couple of months where they don't quite hit the straps but I I, I tip them to, to go really well this year and then I, my highlight from the game was, was Ryan Atkins and his, his try attempt <laughs> um, did you see it? Uh, so I saw it look every winger in world rugby
0: now needs to be able to dive and sort of one hand plonk the ball in the corner it's like it's being done pretty much all over the show but that being said if you can't do it you shouldn't try should you
1: no and it wasn't on it. you should have dived low and hard there rather than I would, I would diving hard yeah, I'd love hard. to be
0: in the situation where I'm actually going into the corner and be able to do that yeah, but, uh, yeah. and as a
1: middle player as a forward that does 30, 40, 50 tackles a game all the tough stuff for one of your outside backs to have a have a very clear try scoring opportunity and do that in such a tight game it must be so frustrating Yeah I think so
0: But I think he saw the funny side of it I think going around social media um, Somebody had immediately stuck his head on a Ryan airplane Um, (laughs) I think there was pictures of him Attempting to dive in the corner With aircraft taking off noises But we I think every week in Super League There's somebody who does a Ryan Atkins So there's something ridiculous that stands out That's hilarious So we'll probably keep track of that as we go And um, for us uh, playing Castleford, obviously Saints Castleford. Our first game of the season. Kyla Moore was our. Um, he had the uh, the brain explosion. Yeah, he tried to knee Ben Roberts for no reason. But what? very softly. Yeah, but not so. There was no. There was literally no intent in it. No. Or, like if you're gonna do something like that, do it do aggressively. It Get sent off. But for my something. favourite
1: bit was after it happened, and all the players came over, and a bit of a melee was was created. He kind of just. Walk backwards by about 15 metres. Yeah, well, look, I, I could watch just on
0: repeat players walking off the field after they've been disciplined. And uh, Kyle did the best, I'm confused, not sure what's happened <laughs> impression. When everyone had just seen him attempt to knee somebody on the big screen, he was like, I'm innocent, honestly. I'm really innocent. Look, yeah, look, a good start from us, Flash. Very what did, good. What, yeah. what did you make?
1: Yeah, of? I watched the match. Um, I thought, obviously, Ben Barber was, was terrific. Johnny Lomax seemed to, to go well at six. I think. Uh, with his speed and, and playing a bit wider of the rook if he's a second receiver uh, will really cause a lot of uh, trouble this year for, for opposition defences he's, he's so quick isn't he so, so when he gets a wide pass he can so quickly just jump to another defender and put someone through a hole like he did with, with Mark Percival early on I thought I thought Percy was 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 brilliant. He he runs such great lines, and his there's, there's not many better line running centers in the world actually than no. Mark Percy. And he's very composed when he makes a break. Nine times out of ten, when he makes a break, he, he finishes with a try. There's a lot of outside backs that that are quick and athletic, but when they're in that decision making moment, when they come to a fullback, they don't always produce. But but Max certainly does that. And um, I thought the full pack played really well. Zeb Taylor seems to be seems to be on form after, you know, probably not the best season by his standards last year. Um I thought you were okay. Um that's Luke nice. Thompson went really well. Um so I th- I think it could be a good year for Saints. Just on you've mentioned two players there who are
0: probably the thickest players in in world rugby actually. Mark mm-hmm. Percival and Luke Thompson. Now brains aren't necessary to play rugby league, that's the message.
1: Um no. But sometimes yes. Yeah, <laughs> well yeah
0: it helps it, it, it helps at times it does but Cass look um, massive year for them last year they didn't just finish top did they? they they absolutely annihilated the competition last year I think they were 10 points clear by the end of it sorry four or five of the best players in the competition were Castleford players Um everybody was having a look at them this year weren't they and first game of the season that's it's a tough job to come to St Allens I think first game of the year um, maybe how we finished the back end of last year
1: yeah I think they had um, very different ends of the season obviously Saints would have been really really up for the match having, having lost a semi-final and um, Castleford would have been full of confidence all season then to go down to Leeds in the grand final must have been very disheartening for them and um, I, I watched Darrell Powell's um, comments after the match and, and he, he couldn't put his finger on it he he said it must be an attitude thing but he didn't see it coming uh, and I think confidence is a massive thing in our game um, and they just to me it looked like Cass was, had been stripped of all that confidence that they, that they built up during the season so it would be interesting to see how they go these next few weeks but they didn't look like the cast of last
0: season. No, no, and I, I think look, I was involved in the game, obviously. But rugby league, at its essence is an energy battle, and and when you get the wrong side of that energy battle, it brings out the worst in people, obviously. And and you know yourself, I know, um, Will Perry doesn't, know That's a fact. When you're the wrong side of that energy battle. You know, you make softer decisions. Tiredness can make a coward out of anyone, can't it? And and I, I and I thought Cass got the wrong side of the energy, battle that's how I felt in in the middle of the well, field. They
1: started big with with James Green and Junior Moores who were two two massive front rowers, and they're better carrying the ball than they are defending. So I think if you, I think you boys had a lot of ball early doors, and you were able to to empty their tanks of juice, and and then that kind of had an effect going into the the latter part of the game. Yeah. So. Onto Salford, mate. I think we,
0: we need to mention obviously the game. You you had a uh, runny bum. You
1: had a runny bum. You
0: did, didn't you? I'm back solid now. What's, so it's, how it's long? Good. How many days have you been solid? A few, yeah. You've been a few. So that must be bad. I know. I know you, you're a tough lad, like. So it's for you to miss the game. That must have been a, yeah a bad, uh, bad kebab you had the night before. Yeah,
1: the bad kebab at Buckingham Palace. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a while since I've played in, in Super League. I got injured last last summer, so I was really looking forward to the game. Uh, but yeah, we're just poorly. You know yourself if if you're up of energy and you you can't eat, you're no chance of playing playing the top level. So um, I had to ring the coach in the afternoon and tell him I I wasn't fit. And yeah, it was pretty frustrating. Um, and it was frustrating for the boys on the field. I think, um, like I said earlier, they had, they had a good start to the game. I think through the middle they really got stuck into Wigan and probably probably got on top um, but I think it was some lapses in concentration I think we we, we completed at 60% so we were dropping a lot of ball and and giving the opposition um, more chances to attack us and and like you said just now it's a massive um, energy battle rugby league and if you're doing that much defence you're going to come up with errors because you're brain dead you're making the wrong decisions you're not doing the things you should do and um, I think they managed to get some some joy down our edges and, and and came up with a with a good result for themselves. And what's going to change this week, mate? What, what's what's been the chat? You know, after after that performance, you know, you, you
0: you you'd be pleased with the first half. Obviously, second half was not so good. But
1: what what's on the cards to change that? You know, I think we'll st- we'll still play a pretty expansive game because that's what suits us. I think we'll probably be a bit more calculated with with when to take risks. Um, I think a few players have had a rocket up their ass. And, and probably need to to improve on last week, but you know it's it's, it's only it's only game one that's been down, and um, we're fully confident as a great playing group that we, we can still have a good season, and, and it'll be a tough game at Wakey this year uh, this week. Um, it's a tough place to go at Bellevue, and. Um, but we're fully confident and, and looking forward to it
0: yeah great start from Wakefield Tom Johnson if anybody did see scored some insane tries now uh, Ryan Atkins could do too much Tom Johnson maybe some of his finishing but incredible uh, bits of skill he, he's a talented player isn't he
1: yeah he's, he's got everything he's, he's, he's quick he's strong he's got great footwork he's good under the high ball and, and, and as we could see he can finish a try And they're a horrible team to play against the Wakefield I find like a tough
0: side to go to go to, to go to their place especially is is difficult um, they always seem to produce scrappy games when you're in a game with them it's scrappy because they like to chuck the ball around a bit and it, it's sort of getting away from that that's the important thing
1: Yeah and they've got some strike plays as well Jacob Miller plays really off the cuff and they've got some big boys in the middle Fafita and uh, and the new signing Paulie Paulie looks looks really good with, with the ball in hand so um, yeah they've probably overachieved by people's estimations this last few years and uh, they're probably all they've got the playing staff playing to their potential so um, it's a bit of a, a template for other other teams to follow, I think. Yeah, we had Gavin
0: Willacy wrote in The Guardian after the first week of the season. Hul- Good old Gavin. Hul- Hulk and Salford Thanks, are doomed. Gavin. Now we're going to speak to Jamie Did Peacock. Did he say doomed? He said doomed. So doomed. We're going to speak to Jamie <laughs> Where's Peacock. Where's he from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he's from. I didn't do that much research. That, that, was, a whi- just, that was a Wigan doomed, though. I'm doomed. He's doomed. No, but we've got Jamie Peacock from Hulk maybe We maybe well ask him about his thoughts, but. Yeah. The first the first week of the season is when everyone puts their naff predictions in So they'll throw some absolute ridiculous comments out there So we start talking about who's going to be Man of Steel Which teams are going to do no good, which teams are going to win it But reality is, from our side of the fence It, it just all comes across a bit bizarre, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, massively Because we all know that the business end of the season Starts in August and, and September And yeah, I'm, I'm not really that bothered what Gavin's got to say, to be honest
0: well I don't know if he's that interested in what you're saying either We well, might he be listening, Gavin if you're listening yeah. Well the only don't people care. who have downloaded the podcast so far Is my mum, your mum and I think the, your three friends And three my dog, mum. I'll try to get Blue to download it
1: Oh you love your dog
0: Yeah, no, so we'll uh, speak with Jamie Peacock next Get him off the field, that was diabolical We are joined by Jamie Peacock MBE Hulkar's head of rugby and England team manager JP how are we doing?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very good, John. Uh, enjoying that the, the season has started again. It's been a pretty quick sign again for myself, obviously. Being involved with England in the World Cup and then two months later the season starts already, but hey, that's how it is.
0: Yeah, straight into it. We've just been having a bit of an informal chat off air about some of your tactics to get contracts when you were playing. Matt Flanagan maybe wants to talk about one of those specifically.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I know John's um, one of his previous techniques was to change his Wikipedia page before um, he started contract negotiations. Just to just to drop a, a number off there. I've heard a rumor that you might have dyed your hair prior to contract negotiations. True or false?
2: That is, uh, I can uh, categorically say it is true. Yeah, I'm only. I'm right. it. I got the uh,
0: But you've well and truly. Uh,
2: brown, just for men out. I thought, right, I've got to get a here. Uh, I'll get myself my hair dye brown, proof turned I'll look uh, 28, not 35, and I'll see if we can get better contracts and <laughs> try it on with it. Because the first impression is everything in life. So, Respect. there we go.
0: <laughs> so, you well and truly finished the hair dyeing process now, though.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Look, I, I've embraced the grey, embraced the salt and pepper and uh, that's it, I'm done playing now so who, who cares
1: with that? Exactly, you're like, you're like a Leeds-Philip Schofield these days, so well done.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and th- and then we're also discussing uh, Tim Sheens and, and his impact on on KR. Um, obviously it wasn't a great start against Wakey. he didn't pick up the two points but I, I've worked with Tim in the past at, at Salford and at West Tigers and I know what a smart uh, guy he is, he's a great guy to have around. How, how has he been at, at KR?
2: Yeah, he's been incredible actually. You're dead right. He's very smart, very detailed but I think there's more than that. I think when you get to me, he just cares a lot about people um, and I will to get the best out of them. wants want them to be the best player they can be and I think every player you speak to who's been involved with him at OKR will say the same. That He's got the best out of them through his technical knowledge but also through his ability to deal with them emotionally as well and just he cares about the people he coaches, and I just think um, you often meet people in life who have reputations, um, and generally you meet them and they're not as good as that, and he's one of those, and um, there's two I've met in rugby league, himself and Wayne Bennett, who are every bit as part of the reputation you'd expect, and when you meet them, they deliver on it time and time again, and he's the same as Tim.
1: Yeah, brilliant, and I think I think you guys are going to have a good season, I think from having worked with him in the past, he's massively focused on attack, isn't he? I, I can see some trick players, some some expansive rugby from you guys this year.
2: Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, um, every game we'll be in. We'll be in every game because we're going to be a very fit side. We've got a very good uh, conditioning department. But also we'll be, be in every game as well because we offer something different to every other club. You, you know, it's not just that block play, block play, and, and then out the back. There'll be something different on every different week with our, ourselves. Uh, with Tim, and you're just right again last week, I think we'd have been really disappointed if we'd have played at 8 or 9 out of 10 and got beat by that by weasel, but realistically we're probably at 4 or 5 out of 10 in the first half, and not much better in the second half, so I expect them to do better this year, and the, the, the real uh, team spirit amongst the group realise they have to play well each week if they want to win. So what's been
0: done differently fitness-wise, JP? I, I played with one of your guys, Mossy Masso, um, unrecognisable actually to me to, to the guy I played with in terms of his size you know what sort of things have you been doing differently and and, and, and how's that worked out
2: I just think um, you're right about Mossy he, he just looks uh, so well this year I think what's happened is uh, Tom Krupp and Sir we started using the walk bikes uh, the walk bikes which you know used by the uh, Olympic cycling teams the British cycling teams started using them in probably 2016 but then We just really went for it in 2017. They they decided to meet the owners of the guy, decided to use them properly by wattage and heart rate monitors. And it's just like you can get an extra session in every week of fitness. And uh, and it's not running, you're not running it through uh, people's joints and legs. So the ability to get um, that extra fitness in every week has just been unbelievable. It just drops the weight off people. and, And you're just able to do more sessions. You're able to spend longer on the field doing skills and then back it up with conditioning it. And there's no hiding place when you're measuring people's heart rate and people's wattage as well. Uh, It's been fantastic. Them two deserve all the credit for wanting to go with it. Uh, And and I think you can see the benefits from it as well with the team.
0: Right, mate. That's awesome. Let's talk the World Cup, right? I've never heard so much positivity from a playing group as I have about these, these guys who came back from the World Cup. You spoke about Wayne Bennett, maybe his emotional intelligence, similar to Tim Sheen's in that respect. But what were the ingredients that made this World Cup so great? I'm not talking about the performances. I'm talking about how everyone perceived it to be from the playing side.
2: Oh, oh look, I think there's a couple of things. I think firstly it was good because we're in a lot of different places, so you got to see um, you weren't stuck in the same place before. I think me and yourself were on tour once in 2006, and we went, we stayed in Manly for. A, Majority of our eight weeks.
0: We're in prison. We're in, we're in prison in Manly.
2: Yeah, after you've been there three or four times, you've had enough of the place, you know. So I think that contributed. But I think the playing group, as much as anything, the playing group. There's no chips on on shoulders. There's no person with their own agenda. And like the big names, in in, in you, you look at the big, the big names in players get the tone, I think for a group. And you look at sort of like Sam Burgess, James Graham, uh, Sean O'Loughlin, These kind of guys we were in and around everybody, and there's no clicks, no nothing. And I think Wayne just sets an environment where it just trusts players to do, uh, to make the right decisions. You make the right decision for the team, and you're in the team. If you don't, you're out of the team. And it's, and there's no grey areas with him. It's very, very black and white. And I think both well, you two know as a player that's what you want. You, you want that clarity of what's right, what's wrong, and what'll get you in the team and what what'll keep you out of the team. And he, he's very, very good at doing that.
0: And you're so close, JP. So close to 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 getting that sort of famous win in, in that final. Um, how do we change that? You know, how do we get over the line? We're very close, aren't we?
2: Yeah, look, it's execution. I mean, it, 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 what the three things that killed us? Execution, execution, execution. There, there's no lack of effort, and there's no lack of physicality, and there, there's no lack of bravery from or courage from our team. We've got that in abundance, and, we, and we've got plenty, plenty of skillful players now within our team, you just need to learn how to execute better um, in the biggest moments. I just think our our half are good, very good, but they've just still not got that almost game awareness that you get when you get two, three hundred games deep into your career. And the sooner we we can learn that, the more chance we've got to beat in Australia. And I also think, for Australia, they're they're, they're players that understand how to do that in Cameron Smith and Billy Slater. They're on their way out. And when they leave you just don't replace that kind of game winning knowledge um, you just, you, someone might be very very naturally talented as, as an individual player but that ability to drive a team round and stand out and win a game that's learnt for you know, 5, 10, 15 years of being a professional and, and the more we can learn about that and the more we can execute better in the high pressure moments we'll, we'll, we'll win more Internationally,
1: uh, and and they're used to that with with the state of origin every year. I always think that Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, Thurston, those guys—they're used to playing that that kind of intensity three times a year easily. Now, I think with with us with with the Challenge Cup, the Super League Grand Final, it's only two year two, two times per year tops, and you have got to be lucky enough to have your team in that situation. So I think that the big players being in that environment more often kind of creates more habits that they that they can they can push in in yeah. the big games.
2: Yeah, totally. you're 100 right. What? What? Um, too many games in Super League. You can score within six uh, six tackles. Um, and I think, especially once you get to state of origin level, international level, you, you might have to put pressure on for 30 tackles before you pull your trigger and put the play on, which is risky. Um, but in Super League, you can get away with pulling away a risky play and probably scoring. And if you don't score, then you know you probably get the ball back within one or two minutes. But when you play a state of origin um, the play football in, in the NRL, you, you know if you pull the trigger after six tackles, and you're not going to see the ball for ten minutes. And I think it's the ability to understand that. And I think having the international mid-year will help that. But also, having probably five or six teams that can compete for the top uh, can can help that as well. We get when you're playing the playoff games are different in the grand final to to normal weekly rounds, as you said as well. That it takes more to try. Uh, score, score a try. You need more pressure, more tackle, and you spend less time without the ball when you've not got it. And
0: JP, we, last week we had Eddie Hearn on Matchbox Promotions. There's been a lot of talk about Eddie Hearn and, and, and his business becoming involved in rugby league. Um, he's a big believer of, of characters, of, of making big events, and creating maybe some of that intensity. You know, you're talking about there, but realistically, you've gone from the the, the, the changing room to, to the boardroom, essentially, and you're now involved in the executive side of the game. What would the game's view on somebody like Eddie Hearn becoming involved?
2: I, I think having an outside input would, would be great for the game, would absolutely be very good, and would be very foolish not to listen, at least not to listen to what he has to say. Uh, but I think... Fundamentally, there's, there's some things different between rugby League and what Eddie Earns has made successful. But Eddie Earns has made sports that are successful that have individuals. So you look at snooker, darts, boxing. They're all about the individual and about an event. Where rugby League's about tribes, and every week it's about one tribe beating another tribe. So I think it's far more difficult to get increased tendencies when it's just one tribe against another than a load of people going to watch an event and Maybe supporting someone a little bit or an individual, but we're going because we want to have a good time. Now, if he could help us increase that, if he could help us increase the casual casual watcher of the game, then then would the quid in, and we we'd be foolish not to listen to him. And that's where I think he can help our game by um, enhancing the individuals in the game, making them more well known, and increasing the casual casual watcher or the casual person who goes to the game, rather than trying to increase the, the tribes. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Do you think that regional identity is one of those things? You know, that each team has their own strong regional identity. Is that one of the things that, that holds the game back? Or, or do you think that's one of the game's strengths?
2: I think it's a, it is a strength. Like everything in life, strength's also your weakness as well. It? You, strength, you know, too much of one thing is a weakness as well. And I think it is a strength within ourselves. But I think if you had that ability. Uh, certainly, Eddie, uh, if he could come in and help us increase that side of it, we'd get more people watching the game and more people involved in it. So uh, I think, just again, we'd be foolish not to listen to him. I, I wanted his take on improving attendance and uh, improving everything within the game. Would be.
0: And how have you found that, that, that transition, JP? Obviously, legendary player, achieved everything in the game. Um, and now dealing with maybe less consequences uh, uh, week on week uh, but how are you finding the transition into the business side of the game?
2: Yeah look the, the biggest difference is when you, you move from being a player into like, I hate to say the, word, the normal world is that in a player you have a definite win and a definite loss every week and it's like riding a roller coaster there's a real eye when you've won and that's great you've got everything right or it's a real low and you've got it wrong of 20,000 people, but you're annoyed and you want to get things right. But when in normal life, everything's a bit grey and in the middle, and there's not them massive wind and not them massive losses, so you've got to learn to adjust to that to learn to normality, just being just in the middle and just being not it's not a massive high, massive loss. And once you can deal with that, then you're all right with things, just, just get on with it, and you just can't judge. If you do, if you're a player and you did your persona by yourself, the rugby player, then you're in trouble. But if you're a player and you finish it and you did your persona by your own personality, then then you'll be all right.
0: Chat to Jamie Peacock there, obviously rub, rugby league legend, a, a fellow MPE like your father. I don't think he farted in Buckingham Palace, no. uh, but. You know a, a great guy And, and uh, some interesting stuff actually
1: And it was interesting last week Eddie Hearn said You need more superstars in the game He said the only rugby league player I can think of is Jamie Peacock He did indeed yeah So that just shows What, what kind of standing he has in, in British society and British sport And yeah he was he's A great player And probably not the most, most athletic I guess skill wise as well But just through Sheer grit and determination. Yeah, he's dogged. wasn't he, he,
0: yeah. with his attitude, I and mean, but you think about actually back in the day, we had we had Farrell, Sculthorpe, Cunningham, Long, we had Peacock, we had Morley, Jason Robinson, right? Martin Fire, Let's go that far back. They they are probably still household names, as in they're the names you remember. And and the thing which I think really resonated with me when when I listened back to what Eddie Hearn said is that how important characters are. And, and, and how important big name players are to make people interested in playing. Because in all due respect, there's not a lot of kids want to be me or you. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's and and that's not being we're not being hypercritical of ourselves. Is people want to be world class players, don't they?
1: Yeah, and it's, and sport is entertainment. It's showbiz these days. So it's, it's 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 accommodating the young kids of of today and and getting them excited about what we do for for a living and and playing in front of big crowds and, and taking the game on the road and, and kind of and, and emulating the football players of, of today, maybe the Rugby Union guys that, that are in that limelight and that, that's something that the Rugby League needs to push itself in, in that way. So who are the stars then? Who, who are the stars? in? Who's well, the Sam
0: Jamie Tompkins. Sam who's
1: Tompkins th- is the biggest name we've got currently playing.
0: Uh, so Yeah, but we need to replace Cunningham, Farrell, Long, Skullfork. We we've to got repli- me, you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we need more, don't we? Yeah. Is, the, is the answer. George Williams, you know, we've got loads of potential superstars,
1: yeah. but I think it's how the game markets them, how how the game pushes those guys out there. I think I think the players are doing all they can on the field. I think we're obviously we're a great product, and the individual is as good as any Super League, any NRL player or rugby union player. But it's just getting those names into the, the psyche of, of the everyday person yeah but we lose a lot of talent we lose so much talent to
0: the NRL and we lose a load of talent at a younger age maybe to, to rugby union um, I think that's a good point at which we can talk about the six nations and uh, we talk about losses to rugby union uh, certainly rugby union's gain is, is George Ford and and Farrell Owen Farrell um, two guys with a rugby league history and I think what in fact, we'll talk about their amazing, what I thought was an amazing combination and performance in in, in the Six Nations opener in, in a second. Um, but the Six Nations starting on the same weekend as Super League, is that bad planning, or just a coincidence,
1: or is it smart to do such a thing? I think it's bad planning. I, I noticed that Lee against Toronto was on at 3 o'clock on Sunday, which was the same time of, as England playing against Italy. So if you're trying to accommodate more Rugby Union fans watching our game, I think you need to tweak the times a little bit and I think you need to, to acknowledge that, that we are a smaller sport than the Rugby Union and that international Rugby Union is a massive spectacle through sports fans, through non-sports fans. and I think we need to, at the minute, work our way around that and try and appeal to those, those general sports fans. We always seem to do it though in Rugby League, we
0: pick a date... And I, Don't get me wrong, I understand through working for the BBC and doing bits how hard it is actually to get a date in a calendar where it doesn't clash with something, it doesn't clash with the sports events, so the Challenge Cup would clash with golf, would clash with something else, so your schedule is dictated to by these dates, but I think for both codes of rugby to kick off what is a landmark day, start of the season on the same day, I, I you can't help but think it's 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 mad, really, and and not it would it's no detriment to rugby union, but it just maybe takes the shine a little bit off rugby. Could you don't get
1: the same press coverage, I don't think. We don't get a lot anywhere, do we? No, if we're being honest, no. especially in the national press. But I think having it at the start the same time as same time as the Six Nations is a little bit mm. dumb. Yeah, it's on that press coverage, really. That I think rugby union
0: at the top level. Uh, editorially is, is a better sport more people are involved participation is much higher it's got a broader reach and I don't think us yapping at the national papers requesting more coverage is the way to do it it's, it goes back to my point and I'll labour this and I'll say it every week we need the school's game to expand rugby league and we need to use the schools to expand rugby league otherwise <laughs> rugby union is is, it, you know, is in such a dominant position actually I don't believe in my time in the sport that rugby union has been more dominant over rugby league than it is now than it is right but, now. Uh,
1: this the argument y- you say it has, has a lot of strengths because rugby league is such a more easy game to pick up for a kid like the, the, the basicness of of running passing tackling is rugby league but obviously Rugby union is 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 a lot more complex with with the scrums and the the, the scrummaging and all that sort of stuff so in in essence having having rugby league played at school level, has a lot of attributes that, that they can they can really push, I think.
0: Yeah, and one stat that I did read at the weekend was that the, the Six Nations now is the highest attended team sport in the world, competition. So the average attendance in the Six Nations is 72,000. That's higher than the NFL. That's higher than, than the cricket. It's higher than football. It's higher than the premiership. So the average attendance over the course of the Six Nations is 72,000 and will be 72,000. And I think that's just a testament to the to the RFU testament to the game of rugby union but it's something we need to learn from too too long rugby league's been stubborn and we've not learned from from rugby union rugby union stole professionalism how to train little parts of how to play um, actually recruiting our younger players and we've been stubborn and ignorant and not taken rugby union seriously
1: and and having been down to twickenham with yourself I noticed that it's it's an occasion down there. People go to watch an England international because it's an occasion and it's a full day out and a lot of people go, don't really watch the match because there's sometimes there's not, not a lot going on. There's line outs, there's time taken for scrums and all that kind of stuff and there's time taken for conversions and penalties. But people are there chatting, there's stuff going on. It's an occasion, it's like an NFL match, there's lots going on. And I I, I think that that's, that's something that, that rugby league can, can learn from
0: yeah without a doubt Will, Will Perry is well at home at Twickenham that's 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 why we're his, talking his, about it now when his, he's not here his natural habitat he would have his wax jacket on he would be opening the boot of his Range Rover sport he'd have pims in the back he, he, he would and, and he'd be having a great day and he with his pinky ring would be enjoying it do you think
1: everything. pims and, and Range Rovers and pinky rings would fly at, at, at Castleford or, or Featherstone on a, on a Sunday afternoon
0: I think they would yeah I think we need to aim for it yeah, we'll I, do think I think we shouldn't We'll take Will to um, Featherstone yeah. in Post Office Road Ford, Ford Escort He'd open his Ford Escort yeah. And have some white lightning in boot In boot, yeah. in- boot. <laughs> But two two rugby league guys Who are who killing it for me in, uh, For England at the moment uh, George Ford Owen Farrell uh, Local to the North West Obviously both their fathers Played uh, rugby league at the highest level Now we talked a bit about maybe athletic development and brain you know actually sporting intelligence and we use Mark Percival and Luke Thompson as examples of you know maybe intelligence not required well Ford and Farrell for me have a rugby intelligence that's transferable across both codes don't they?
1: Yeah they do and I think there's a massive um, influence on, on players being big, strong, fast being athletes these days but Ford and Farrell are probably the two smallest players on England's team but they have the biggest impact on 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 the result, um, and you can you can see that in rugby league as well. Cameron Smith, for me, is the best player in the game. He might go down as, as one of the best of all time, and I think his nickname is the accountant at Melbourne because he looks like an accountant, and he's he's looks he's got what, a mis- it, what does an accountant look like? Cameron Smith. All right, okay. He's got Mr. Burns' body. He's he's, he's, he's he looks frail. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah, higher. he doesn't <laughs> look like a rugby league player. If you saw him in a pub, you, you wouldn't think he was a rugby league player, but He's aerobically very fit and he's, he looks pretty strong and apparently he's a great wrestler but it's his brain, it's his composure in big moments, it's his skill set, it's his, his vision, it's all those attributes that, that make him the best player in the game and it's not always the big fast guy that can run over everybody, it's, it's having those rugby league smarts and that's what Ford and Farrell have. And I think that's that's why England are excelling at the minute Yeah and they're benefiting from that And I think if you get chance or anybody got
0: chance to watch uh, I think England's first try it was Anthony Watson scored in the corner And that came through what I'd distinctly looked like A play that you'd associate with seeing on a Thursday and Friday night In a Super League match Lots of sort of decoy runners, ball out the back uh, Two ball players moving across the same side of the field, creating extra space, and Watson scored. And when I saw that, and, and it was Ford and Farrell combining, uh, you know, I thought, there's, you know, this is this has got rugby league's fingerprints
1: all over it. And I thought actually the way England played with ball in hand was was exciting and great to watch. Uh, and they this, actually had Ben Teo at outside centre as well. So he obviously won the grand final with with South Sydney in 2014, and he was a great player in the NRL. So having another player of that calibre from the rugby league background kind of adds weight to the argument So,
0: Leeds-Hulk AR what's your thoughts on this one mate?
1: Uh, I fancy Leeds to bounce back um, the game's at Ellen Road which is interesting not sure uh, whether they're trying to take it on, on the road a little bit and, and take it to a different part you fancy of fancy You
0: Leeds to bounce back from winning last week?
1: I fancy Leeds to bounce back from winning by even more this week. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we can edit that out, can't we? No, no, uh,
0: no, we can't. Keep it's in. It's in. Yeah, no, Elland Road. But it's uh, that's an also. I've played a couple of tests at Elland Road. Um oh, you played for your Country? Yeah, have you? sorry, yeah. yeah you, uh, you're the best. So yeah, that that'll be a big occasion for both teams. won't One, it? it'll be packed. Uh, Huddersfield and Wire. I
1: fancy Huddersfield
0: to bounce back.
2: <laughs> well done, you got that one. I got right.
1: that one right.
0: Yeah, well, and obviously Warrington—they need to get going. Um, like Stephen Price after the game, actually, I, I interviewed him for Five Five Live, and he was really confident. But needed is his halfback pairing to click, and they look like a side that haven't trained an awful lot together.
1: Tyrone Roberts has had a bad knee injury, and that—that's really important. He's a dom- he'd be a dominant player for them this year. I think yeah. he plays as a, as a dominant halfback, so he'd control a lot of the game. and I think Wire will take a few weeks to gel But when when they do hit the straps They'll be a, a well, real force to
0: But then year.
2: how
1: did Brown,
0: Kevin Brown Who for years has been that dominant sort of halfback How do him and
1: Tyrone Roberts fit? Well I think Kevin Brown's a, a, a unique player Because he can play as a running half Because he obviously used to be a centre um, And he can play a bit wider of the ruck And, and really use his running game um, But as well he can play a dominant Because he's got a really strong kicking game So I think he's, he's quite flexible in, in that respect uh, having not seen a lot of Roberts um, I think it'll be interesting to see how he goes this year but um, from a little bit I did see it he looks like he's he's more comfortable like a Luke Walsh, like a Matty Smith to kind of take a team around the park and, and really form some structure for Warrington which is probably what they, they need after last season Yeah and the two bends for me big for, for Warrington and can be big for
0: Warrington we were really quiet in the first week Ben Curry and Ben up masilla um Big back row is actually both really skillful and can play like that. That's to have players like that in your team. It, it just gives you a get out. You can just toss the ball to them and they, and they get something. they get you out of trouble and create something. And I think that they're going to be they're going to be massive for Warrington. But they, that being said. They struggled, and Leeds kept them quiet, so a huge performance from Leeds, and as Mark said, Leeds will be looking to uh, bounce, back. bounce back from that amazing <laughs> performance in week one.
1: I was reading Alan Partridge's autobiography, bouncing <laughs> I am, back.
0: I am, and have bounced back. Uh, Wakey Salford, talk us through that, mate. Look, tough start for for for, for your boys, um, but we'd be encouraged by how they started that's a tough game waking away mate. yeah
1: it is a tough game I think when you go over to, to Cass and waking in those times it's, it's a really intimidating atmosphere and I think it, it definitely will be uh, on Friday something we spoke a lot about in pre-season was consistency now last season we started really well and dropped off towards the end we can't be as inconsistent as that we need to, 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 to play at our best week in week out to kind of get us in, in, in the contest and um, it wasn't a consistent performance last week we played for 40 minutes and uh, and we need to be better this this week. And, and, and Wakey, like we said, we're, we're good against Hulk Kea. They scored, I think, most of their tries were down that their left edge with Tom Johnson. So uh, that'll be a real big threat. But, you know, we're confident and uh, hopeful of getting the two points. Yeah, we travelled to Catalan. In and out on the
0: same day, so we obviously some teams do it differently. Some teams fly out two or three days before, some on the day of the game, and straight back out on the night. Where doing it in one day, I massively prefer doing that. And, and I do, you know, it, it's the best way to do it. Is that is that how you guys? solve Although
1: it? I've had a few good nights out in Catalonia, yeah, in Cana after
0: the match. Yeah, it's um, you do get on the beers. It's, you do get on the awesome. beers if
1: you get a good win, but I prefer to go in and out on the day, definitely.
0: Yeah, well, my mum and dad are already there. They are the biggest social rugby league fans I've ever known. My my mum will be literally drinking Perpignan dry of gin. She will be hunting gin and tonics down as we speak, or or red wine. And Phil will be marching down the beach to get a bit of peace and quiet. Yeah, I spoke to them before, and they they couldn't find anywhere open for food. You know, you think they go for some foie gras, maybe a nice. Steak, um, you're looking for a chippy. Yeah, they, my dad had just picked a kebab up and was trying to find somewhere to get a takeout bottle of wine. <laughs> all class, um, yeah. So, look, big, big game for us, that actually, because there's a lot of attention you know, just ridiculous amount of attention about how well we started. Um, means nothing really unless you can back that up. So, for us and 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 you know, Ben Barber and all these lads who, who you know we've spoken about who, who started well, it's it's a big, a big test, and and we're we're excited to get stuck into that. Casper Witness, I reckon Dennis Betts gets he is f- with li- limited resource pound for pound the best coach in Super
1: League. Chris Chester would probably give you a good yeah. argument there after discussing how weak he've gone this last few years, um, but yeah, I, I think he's he's been great for a long time for Witness. Um, they played some great stuff last week. Um, Chris Dean I think scored a couple of tries. He was playing on the on on the edge for them and, and, and looked great I've, we said before about Warrington having murdered massilla and Curry, having really athletic back rowers more like like a center um, back in the day Having having big fast guys is a real threat on the edge and, and Christine really played well last week
0: well, christine 's initials are c d obviously and he, his, his dad is David Vince. Dean. So he's VHS. CD, CD oh, no. no his his dad's D V D. Oh not VHS, <laughs> no, yeah. no. Not VHS, no, mate. But yeah, no, Dennis Betts, I think, does an amazing job. witness are a uh, uh, you know great side and, and look that'll be a good game though. Yeah, I think so. I I, I, I agree with you. I think uh Cat Castle be getting absolutely hammered this week off Daryl Paul. Yeah. As in look, if he's questioning their attitude after the game, they'll be getting there'll be some tough conversations. Uh, And he'll be trying to get them Back up to the the level uh, Where they were At the end of last year Um, Fixture of the round though Without doubt Wigan Versus Hull Where? in Wollongong. Wollongong? Is that Australia? Yeah, no, it's a small town outside of Ipswich. <laughs> no, for everybody who doesn't know, Wollongong's south south of Sydney. Yeah, about yeah, an hour and, in, and You I lived did. in Sydney, yeah. yeah, yeah. About stop, an hour and a stop half. Stop talking about it, mate. well and truly don't live in Sydney anymore. did. Nobody cares, mate. did. You're like, yo, well done, you went to Sydney and mm. discovered coffee. Pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, so that, what, do you, what do you think about that? Well, look, Ian Lenigan's come out and said it's the most... Innovative And exciting moment In Wigan's history <laughs> Yeah I don't think it is I think it means The rugby team Not the town There's lots of Exciting stuff But
1: even with the Rugby team I don't think it is I, I don't see the benefit Of Five, taking
0: a Super League Fixture To Sydney 5,000 fans going mate that's, that, a, that's, that's what That's
1: what they're saying I don't know whether That's going to be true It's a good holiday For 5,000 fans I, I don't see the benefit In taking a Super League Fixture to The rugby league Heartland of the world why, why not Toronto why not one of the the, the potential franchises that, that that might be cropping so, up in North America I so think there's a lot of places to take a Super League fixture I don't see the benefit in taking it to so you think this idea lacks imagination no I, th- I think there's probably arguments for it to kind of maybe create a, a rugby league fraternity in in Sydney maybe to to grow the Super League exposure in the NRL and show them that we have we have got a great product but I don't really see the benefit of that. I mean, there's bigger, we've got bigger fish to fry, as you yeah. say, in Hull.
0: And for for Lenigan and Adam Pearson, for me, a risk of doing it is... Well, I, I think it's a great idea. The principle of it is it's different, it's interesting. I think more people will watch the game and want to know about the game just because it's in Wollongong. But I think if you're conservative, a concern might be for Pearson and for Lennigan, who who are the owners of the respective clubs, is... This is a massive shop window that you're putting your players in, and with the movement of players backwards and forwards, the NRL's eye is on Super League, mate. Definitely, it, it, absolutely on Super League. So, it's a risk for them to do it, and to to put this game on and put expose some of their lesser known players to the NRL. It, it's a risk.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they've discussed um, in the press. Ryan Sutton has, has been talked about to go to the NRL, and. Uh, there'll be a few other Wigan kids and, and and Hull players that will will be be looked at by NRL clubs and um, yeah I don't see it. The good thing this week for you guys, Alex Walmsley's resigned. Um, obviously, had a lot of interest from the NRL yeah. after the after the World Cup. That Club. surprised me actually. Yeah. If I'm if I'm honest, I'm gutted. I hate tackling him. Yeah, he's the most awkward player in the yeah. competition.
0: Well, John Kier tack- described him as like tackling scaffolding fired out of a cannon. Yeah, that's and it. I thought not that. You would ever fire scaffolding out of, a no, cannon. and I'm worried about John and about where he's been. If you ever see scaffolding flying across the air, just look out. There's John Keir's at the other end of it, like giggling away at himself. Yeah, what's well, old? Yeah, it's Alex, <laughs> Alex Wormsley Um Look, he's massive for us actually in, yeah. in 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 size and and in his involvement. So to stop players like him going is is a big coup for Super League, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is, and I think. Jermaine McGillivray might be the next um, he's obviously had a great World Cup and attracted a lot of attention but keeping the stars and you know the the the, the stars that some kids will hopefully want to emulate one day like, like the JPs like the, the Skullthorps and Farrells of the world and having more players like that in our game can, ho- can hopefully raise a profile across the country So in short mate a fan of
0: taking a fixture to Australia an isolated fixture to Australia <sighs>
1: I'm just indifferent I think other places would have been better yeah. North America Toronto maybe the, the other franchise uh, destinations whether it's New York or Boston would be better Just say Boston then? Bus- oh. Boston I'm thinking uh, of busts
0: <laughs> Oh god uh, me too yeah. always. always 24-7 <laughs> 24-7 oh. mm. That's what Will's doing now in, his, in some seedy little back room in uh, in Korea Having a massage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully for Will Um yeah, no, I think, look, it's, it's innovative. I think it's a big statement. I think it'll gather some attention for the game. Uh, but I, I think I actually agree with you. I, I'm not sure really what the ultimate aim is. Um, you know, I'd like us to take maybe fixtures on the road, but, but let's be a little bit... Uh, I think the Magic Weekend it explores a new area, don't it? For me, yeah. I'd scrap the Magic Weekend. Uh, it's a great weekend for the fans. Great weekend for the fans, but we don't sell out the Challenge Cup final and we don't sell out the Grand Final. Um, you know what, the average household income in the North or northwest is what disposable income is, 16,000 quid. When you start totting up all the tickets and all the commoditisation of rugby league that goes on, and that's basically asking fans to pay for stuff, I think the Magic Weekend's a stretch. I think it's a big weekend, it's four 500 quid for a family to go and do it. And, and look, that, that maybe could be seen as our attempt to spread the game. I, I'm more of a fan of taking individual games on the road. Um, and yeah, I think what about the Nines competition? Yeah, that, that could be cool. Could that, be cool. That'd be a, that'd be a good way to to spread it. But it's execution, isn't it? it I think yeah. if you're going to do something like that, you've got to execute it, and you've got to execute it well. And and and, like, I think when you look at the Auckland Nines or the the Nines competition down under, it's, it is fantastically supported. All the best players play. The clubs buy into it, uh, and the TV obviously buy into it. And I think we need to start looking at that. Uh, for me, Magic Weekend exposes like bad games because not every game in Super League is good. Yeah, but we, we you know we put a full showcase of fixtures on, and it actually is like a warts and all documentary and everything that's naff about. And, Rugby and it's League.
1: quite, I think it's quite embarrassing for the first game of the Saturday of Sun doesn't draw a great crowd in yeah. a big stadium. So yeah. we we might play the first game and there'll be a few thousand there, but at St James's Park it looks so empty. Yeah, it does it? Yeah. And a fifty thousand seat stadium when there's f- three or four thousand. It kind of devalues the product, I think. and Yeah, it, it can be looked at.
0: No, and I think if we did bring Eddie Hearn in, this would be what I'd say to him. Eddie. Eddie I'd Eddie. say Eddie. 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 I'd say sell us out the Challenge Cup final and the Grand Final and get that as close to a northern version of the Super Bowl as you can. I'd say make those two events that great that everyone needs to be there. And, and, and I'd... You know, give him a target of a couple of years to do that. Um,
1: well, he said that the obviously it's a very different sport, but the darts took three to five years from taking over to the the, the massive following that it that it had. So that's so that's a kind of window of opportunity that it probably needs. Yeah, what would you be your darts name? Flashlighting.
0: Oh, you'd have to say it's terrible, though. Well, it? You put me
1: on the spot. Didn't yeah,
0: and I, I did. I don't know what mine would be. We Willie Wilkin.
1: Willy Willie Wilkin.
0: <laughs> Willie Wilkin. You are yeah, a Willie. A very average Willie Wilkin, that'll do. Um look, finally tonight, which most people will be happy about, we're doing rugby league one oh one. So Mark, this week, if you can get rid of anything I thought we were calling it the Sin Bin. Well, we call it the Sin Bin, or whatever. Will's not here, so I'll do what I like, really. I don't really care. Oh, so it's your show now, Yes, you're here with John Wilkin. And i Up with the (laughs) Partridge. Am I still background music? (laughs) There you are, mate. You're just wallpaper. wallpaper. But, come on, rugby league 101, or the Sin Bin. Let's call it the Sin Bin, then. Um,
1: I'll put Alex Wormsley in. Nightmare to tackle. So you just want to get rid of Alex (laughs) Wormsley? Is he going to die? He's quite annoying as well. I don't want him to die, just disappear what? for a bit just develop
0: a limp and, and disappear out of the game
1: um just yeah bugger off for a bit i don't know who what would you put in um the sin bin sleeve tattoos sleeve tattoos yeah why because like shell suits were
0: fashionable in the 80s but you could take a shell suit off so for me, everybody who's got they got everyone's got the same haircut now and everybody has a sleeve tattoo in rugby league. If you walk down the street, see somebody's sleeve tattoo, a little bit of a bent nose and, and this a sort of haircut where you can just see skin and then hair on top, I immediately think he plays super league. Whether he does or he doesn't. And I think sleeve tattoos in 10 years' time. I, in fact, this is what we should do. Forget flogging coffee in Manchester. You know, we should
1: do tattoo, tattoo remo- removal. I've said that before. Yeah. You'll make a fortune. Tattoo
0: removal and coffee. Sleeve tattoo removal and coffee. Parlour doing both. Yeah. And then we'll do hair transplants as well. Why are you looking at me? <laughs>
1: Hmm. I'm just going to wear we more hats. Get, yeah, we we'll get a tattoo, uh, scalp tato- tattoos on. They do that. <laughs> should I wear a head guard like Luke Gale? I don't think you should. No. Did you mention that during the match? No. John, did you mention that during
0: the match? I didn't get close enough to Luke Gale to mention his, his, uh, his hair Have transplant.
1: you mentioned Luke Gale's hair to him before during a match? I don't know, probably because I'm annoying when I play rugby, Mark, as you know Because you're a bit of a knob on the field, um, aren't you? Indeed. Do you know what, do you know what makes me laugh? Yeah. All my rugby teammates go, what's Wilkin like? Oh, no. I go, he's, he's a good lad, despite what you think for 80 minutes oh, no. and they go, oh, he's just a well, bit just, of a knob isn't he? Oh, I go, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I thought that too I, I'm really competitive
0: and annoying uh, I'm aware I'm of I'm
1: competitive and I'm a nice guy. No, no. Well, well done,
0: Mark. Thanks. Your dad's got an MBA. You're better than me. Yeah. Congratulations on that. So this has been Whippets and Flat Caps. Please download and subscribe on iTunes and we will see you again next week. Next week. Next week. Thank you. Thank you.